So, welcome to the Awakening Podcast. There's a time I'd done the introduction last week, and basically my aim is to actually have uh, different problems in the world, corruption, fraud, everything, but with solutions. And the one thing that I believe is food is critical. And no better man than the author of Thriving in a Toxic World, Justin Zelewski. Hey, Roy. Thanks for having me. And <laughs> thanks for getting my name right. <laughs> You've been practicing. <laughs> well, I live in, I, even though I'm Irish, I live in Poland. So, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're living in very interesting times. One of the things that I see is that, you know, the selling of the illusion, the illusion of healthy food uh, is absolutely rampant. And a lot of people think that they're buying high quality nutrition, but what they're buying is something dressed up as quality nutrition, but actually it's quite detrimental or harmful to your health. And uh, just to make it very simple, like anything, I would say 99.9% of anything that's advertised on TV, you shouldn't be eating it because the people that advertise on TV are the ones that are the big chemical industries that make vast amounts of profit by selling nutritionally deficient foods dressed up as something that are quite healthy. No, and what, what actually got me into nutrition, because like I read a lot of books, and I read a book called uh, The Wheel of Fortune, and it's about between 60 and 80 years old by a doctor, Dr. Wrench, and he studied the, the healthiest people in the world who were living the longest. And people in the Himalayas were living to over 100 years. And mm -hmm. what it was was down to the food. So they actually done a test on rats. And the rats have the same organs as ourselves. So a, a rat of two years is equivalent to a human, you know, so of 50 years of age. And when they bisected them, everything, there was no uh, tumors, no cancers, no sinus problems, reproduction problems, nothing. Then they gave them the poor man's food. And they had every disease under the sun that we see today. They gave them food from the UK, and after 16 days, they became cannibalistic. So at yeah. that stage, I realized how important food was. Yeah, that, that book sounds a bit like uh, uh, the, the book uh, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, where the dentist used to travel around. I think this is probably a Hubble book over there, but it's probably about 100 years old. And this dentist went around, and he saw that the people that were living in their tribal settings uh, had all perfect teeth, perfectly formed bones and stuff like that, where the people that were trained with the white man uh, and eating his sugar-laden foods, all their teeth were rotten, their jaws were out of alignment and lots of different things. But the people you mentioned there in the Himalayas are the Hunza people. That's and they correct, regularly yeah. live to 130 or 140. They don't have any prisons. They don't have any cancer. They don't have any money. And they're also deemed to be the happiest people on the planet. And uh, these people are still fathering children in their 80s. And uh, to me, the, how, the, how they def, uh, define wealth over there is the amount of bitter apricot trees you have because they're very high in B17, which is a very powerful anti-cancer uh, vitamin that uh, they had studies that actually they tried to ban that because the, they realized they were so effective. But yeah, nutrition is absolutely crucial. And the thing about it is that most people don't really understand the main field. And it really is a main field. 
And one of the things when I was writing my book, Thriving in a Toxic World, I mean, it took me 10 years to actually write that book because I thought I was writing a book about nutrition only to realize that the whole system is completely rigged and the people that are there to protect us are actually owned by the companies that do the poisoning. And then they create these charities or the charities are created and then they fund and put millions of dollars into them so that they give a favorable review or, or guidelines about the product that it could be killing us or in most, or in most cases are killing us, but these people say that it's okay. And uh, the whole system is corrupted beyond belief. And I thought that I understood nutrition until I really started to dig deeply and realized that most of the people that are giving us the guidelines, that is done because that helps the people make the most money, not that it gives us the best health. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, even if you look at the food chain and everything, everything they've been telling us of what is healthy, it's totally the opposite. Mm-hmm. But this is also the first generation in history that is expected to have a shorter life expectancy than the previous one. And like you look at America, who spends the most on healthcare of any nation in the world, and yet they rank something, I can't remember, something like 22nd or lower on uh, the, 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 the health scale. I mean, the country's just, I don't know if you've ever been to the States, but the food is horrible. I, I, the, when I go there, I mean, unless you know somebody or you're going to a city or you're staying with somebody that knows where the local farmer's markets or the healthy places are, like if you're traveling through an airport, like all, unless it's organic, it's going to be that genetically modified, mutated, glow-in-the-dark shit that, you know, I just, when I travel, I just usually end up fasting sometimes for 24 or 36 hours until I can actually get to somewhere uh, that I know that the food is safe to eat. And, you know, to me, it's just a day of cleansing. But nutrition is, uh, I don't know, something that is incredibly scary and uh, something that uh, when you're in the States, you really, really want to be careful what you're eating. Definitely. And one thing that I start doing, and I, I get my child, my child is six involved, is I have an app and the app actually tells you the different ingredients, so which is toxic and everything. And the amount mm-hmm. of things that are natural this, natural that, that you just assume is okay. They're nearly mm-hmm. always the ones that are most toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even a lot of uh, food you'll see, and it'll say low in fat, so what it'll mean that it's incredibly high in sugar. If it says it's zero sugar, it mean, means it's usually full of aspartame, E951, which is 180 times sweeter than sugar and is linked to over 80 different uh, side effects and conditions. I mean, it's just total toxic waste. But the thing is, they market it in such a way or said, made with all natural colors. It might be made with natural colors, but it's full of artificial sweeteners or it's full of something else. And so the food industries have got incredibly, incredibly uh, creative in how they get us hooked on the food. I mean, every little bit of fizzle in your drink, how long the food tastes on your mouth. And so they realize that when people eat foods that taste the same, they get a bit bland and they don't seem to want to eat them as much. So what they do is they create this big sort of... uh, spike that takes you up into the peak and then down again and then up and down so that you know the sugar will hit you first and then two seconds later to be the salt and then something else will come in the savory part and so they're basically stimulating our tongues and one of the things that they use a lot of is monosodium glutamate mm-hmm. uh, msg or e621 yeah. e- is the e number but 
but a lot of times on food labeling, they'll just write the words monosodium glutamate rather than E621 because people know that E numbers, not all E numbers are bad, but the majority of them are. And uh, so they then just write the full names of things. And another thing that people do is they go a lot to health food shops thinking, well, you know, I really want to take my health seriously. I'll go to the health food shop. But probably 95% of the food in a health food shop is not healthy. And in many cases will do you far more harm than good. And one of the things that the companies that make supplements do is if they are really in it for the quality of the product, what they'll do is they'll make it from 100% plant-based natural ingredients, which cost money. And then the machines can't run as fast because they're not using the excipients and flow agents. So the people that are in it for the money and don't care about the health use things called, uh, they use magnesium stearate titanium dioxide, silicone dioxide, and calcium carbonate. They're the four big ones. And sometimes you'll get companies that are advertising on TV and you'll read the ingredients list and they'll have all four and many others. But to me, anybody that's using any one of those four ingredients is only in it for the money. And I personally would never take or trust that product. Yeah, no, and you mentioned about aspartam. Um, I remember yeah. reading about that, that it was originally banned, but senators, you know, got bribed, approved it. And now it's in chewing gum. It's in a lot of different things. And, you know, you tell people, even the diet cola, a lot of people think by drinking the normal cola, the diet cola yeah. is better from, and it's toxic. And it causes, because yeah. I mentioned about the Hunza and the rats, it actually yeah. causes cancer in rats. So that yeah. can tell you how toxic it yeah. is. Yeah, it also causes seizures and uh, like lots of irritation, dry mouth and all sorts of things. I mean, it's, it's just a horrible, horrible, it actually was using chemical warfare. And yes, you were saying about the senators, it took them like many, many years, if not decades to get that passed. But it originally was used in chemical warfare and they realized it tastes sweet. And then they realized that the reason why they use it is, first of all, when people take it, they get addicted to it. So you'll get somebody that will take a jam donut and a can of Diet Coke to wash it down. But if you don't have the Diet Coke, they won't drink the regular Coke because the regular Coke won't give them their hit. Mm-hmm. And when you try to come off it, you get tremors and shakes and all sorts of things. So it is, it is highly addictive. And once those people start doing that, you know, it's very hard to get them off it. I heard recently, did they change the name to uh, Amino Sweet or something? Amino like? Sweet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so just but, because the people were becoming aware of it, and that's what the, that's yeah. the, the dirty tricks that they do. Yeah, but they're also trying in America, the Corn Finders Association, we're trying to get it changed from high fructose corn syrup to just corn syrup. And so what they do is they try to manipulate the name so that people now know that sport team is really toxic for you. But there's another one called Acetyl Fame K, so it's 950, and the aspartame is E951, and it's 200 times sweeter than sugar. But I don't know if you ever remember many years ago when you were growing up, when they first started to use artificial sweeteners, and they had things like saccharin and all these different yes. things. But So what you found is you had this sweet taste, and then all of a sudden it dropped off very quickly. And it was like, you know, like thrown off a cliff. There was a sweetness and then it dropped away and it sort of almost like it was like a shock to your body. So what they do is they blend in the aspartame. And when the peak of the aspartame stops to drop, then the, the, the curve of the acetylfame K starts to come in and then it smooths it out. So you get a smooth transition in with the sugar and out. 
because before it, the way it came in, it was such a jolt that it sort of was wasn't very pleasant, and people didn't want to drink it. But they're very very uh, clever at trying to hide all the chemicals and the things that they do, and uh, especially a Spartan. I mean, they hated and absolutely everything, like all the all the zero sugar drinks, the boiled sweets. They put it in. Uh, like you say, the chewing gum and lots of other things. And the thing is, it's just so cheap that people end up taking it, not reading the ingredients, and then not realizing eventually you know, they get addicted to this chemical. But it is a very, very nasty chemical that absolutely, like MSG is a big one, aspartame is a really big one. And uh, another one is like hydrogenated vegetable oil. You know, and that's, that's a lot of the things that they put in the food. But uh, I mean, people are starting to awaken a lot, but there are some people that just, you know, they're still doing the McDonald's, the Burger Kings, the Kentucky Fried Chicken and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, if they want to eat that stuff, that's fine. But there is a very, very big price to be paid for your health by doing that sort of stuff. And like, I have no judgment. I mean, I many years ago was eating that stuff. I just didn't realize that actually, you know, how your food was prepared or where it came from mattered. My only criteria for eating things was, I wondered how nice it's going to taste. And, you know, it was only when I, I mean, I didn't get into nutrition to probably, probably about 30 years ago. Before then, I was eating lots and lots of horrible toxic junk. I had no idea, you know, that it was harmful. And I'm very fortunate. I'm one of these people that actually didn't need to get sick to figure it out, where most people end up with getting cancer, diabetes, heart disease or something. And then they have this huge transformation. I just started the, uh, work my way through it and I remember being at a seminar once and the guy was talking about nutrition for a day and although the guy was very sincere he was sincerely wrong and he was promoting a really high fat animal product diet and that was great if you wanted to build muscle and bulk but long term that wouldn't have been very beneficial for your health and for me although I mean a lot of people say meat's good meat's bad and different things and that's an argument or a debate that people could get into and there'd be so many different sides to it and so rather than get caught up in that one of the things that I would say is if you are going to eat meat make sure it comes from a clean source because many years ago a chicken took 120 days to reach maturity now they're doing it 42 days Have so you how seen do they the do difference it? in the sizes the difference of the chickens yeah. before to know they're like four times. So if you see yeah. pictures of chickens in the sixties yeah. to know they're four yeah. times the size. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, is it before it took 120 days to reach maturity. Now they're doing that 42 days. Mm. And so how do they do that? They use growth promoters, antibiotics, steroids, and hormones. So, uh, the thing about it is, is it, I remember going to see, do you know, Roger Waters at a Pink Floyd? Yes, indeed, yeah. Right. So he was playing in uh, Dublin uh, many years ago, and I went to see him in Dublin. And so they were playing the video from, do you remember the song, Hey, Teacher, Leave Them Kids Alone, or The Wall, from The Wall? I do, indeed. They were playing that video, and I think that came out in 1979. I mean, you look at the boys and girls, they all look around 13 or 14 years of age. But the thing about it is, not one of those girls or one of those boys had a set of breasts. Mm. And now you're getting boys as young as nine that have got bigger breasts than the girls because they're feeding that shit to their children. So if you're going to eat chicken, make sure it's free range and organic 
Otherwise, all that chemical shitstorm that takes a chicken to reach maturity in three times the speed is what you're doing is you're making your children develop so much faster. And so uh, when these children develop breasts early, that's premature aging because they're aging much more rapidly because they're getting forced to grow older quicker. And that's when you eat that chicken. And then if you take your children to McDonald's, if there are, I mean, there are people that do that. I mean, personally, I think McDonald's is the food company from hell. But if people want to eat that, one of the things that they do is they mechanically extract the meat off the chicken uh, for McDonald's. And then when they do that, it turns into this pink sludge. So then they bleach it and then they use a chemical called dimethyl polysiloxane, which they put in the silicone greases and caulks and stuff. And they use that because it starts to foam. So it's an anti-foaming agent. Now, that definitely does not belong in the human body. But the thing is that they are allowed to use that stuff throughout, you know, the, the industries that regulate our health seem to think it's okay to put that stuff into it. So what it is, you know, if you're out and you're making conscious choices about your food, you can help to reduce or eliminate a lot of the downside of eating uh, different types of food. Even if your children want to eat something like baked beans, even though like, you shouldn't eat anything out of a tin because the tins are now lined with BPA or bisphenol A. And so BPA is an endocrine disruptor that disrupts our endocrine system. And this is a system that tells our bodies, you know, how to regulate our hormones and stuff. But what happens is that women end up with too much progesterone and not enough estrogen, or sorry, not enough, or sorry, too much estrogen and not enough progesterone. And men end up with not enough testosterone and too much estrogen. And then it sort of feminizes men. And then when they go to the doctors, they're saying, well, you know, I don't have good sexual function. I have problems having erections. And they'll go, you're, they'll test you and go, oh, you're very low on testosterone. But it's not that these guys are too low on testosterone. It's that they're too high in estrogen. And these plastics and all that stuff that are in their food chain uh, are very detrimental to your health. The same with uh, Teflon and frying pans. I mean, if you do want to fry anything, they really say that you shouldn't fry anything. But if you do, make sure you fry on something like butter or coconut oil. Because if you fry on something like extra virgin olive oil, it's a very light oil. It's a great oil to take when it's cold. But once it heats up, uh, once that oil heats up, then it starts to become very fragile and breaks down and goes from something being an incredibly healthy, nutritious oil to one especially if you see the oil starting to smoke and it's just changed the whole molecular construction of the oil and it becomes it from going from something very healthy to something incredibly toxic. Yeah. Yeah. And just going back to the chickens there, cause look, I had seen a few things <coughs> on it that the supermarkets, when they were like supplying the organic chickens, that if they didn't have the number, they were just taking the normal ones and stamping them. Like how do we know we're getting the actual organic because there's so much corruption out there like how because i don't think you get them in the supermarket really can you can you trust the supermarkets well the thing is i do think that the supermarkets themselves wouldn't deliberately knowingly uh take chickens that weren't organic and try to sell them as organic because if they get caught it would destroy their credibility so much but it's the same uh, like many years ago i don't know if you remember tesco's got caught selling horse meat yes indeed yeah Right. So the thing is, that wasn't Tesco saying, let's see if we can get away with that. What happened was one of the suppliers just thought, you know, we'll send it in, sure, who'll know the difference. Yeah. Now, to me, I would say the, the horse meat was probably healthier than the other meat that they were getting. But 
uh, I did speak to a guy a few years ago and he worked for a very large chicken processing plant in somewhere in Ireland. I will not say where I mentioned their name, but he said that they supplied Tesco's and that there was such pressure on, on them that if they didn't deliver the last, say, 50 chickens or 100 chickens that were organic to meet their demands, that they were uh, faced with very large penalties. So he says rather than us have an incredibly large penalty or for something to happen to us, he says we just lifted the ordinary chickens and we put them uh, into the organic section because if it didn't, he says, you know, the, the, the penalties or the fines that Tesco's would have imposed upon them would have been so horrendous that, you know, they, they couldn't have worked with them. Mm-hmm. But I did ask him uh, for a radio show that I did many years ago, would he would he want to be interviewed? But he uh, didn't want to be interviewed. And I says, look, we can uh, blank out the voice, per actor's voice and stuff. But he says, like, no, I just don't want to go down that road. And I said, that's okay. I accept that and that's fine. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of food corruption out there. Yes. But the thing about it is, if you don't buy organic, you're 100% guaranteed it's going to be the most toxic, cheapest, fastest growing chicken on the planet. And it's like, you just can't eat that stuff if you are serious about your health. And I mean, I work a lot with people at times, and sometimes I see people that have less than a week to live or, you know, they've got cancer, some very, very serious illnesses. And like when you ask these people, what are you eating? Most people will say, well, I actually have pr- a quite a good diet. And then they'll say, well, you know, what, what, what are you eating? And they'll tell you, oh, they'll buy a free range chicken and they'll cook it in their microwave with tinned peas and something else and yeah, uh, oven chips and all that sort of stuff. And you're thinking that, that's not healthy, but this is, but you know, I have a friend who only eats McDonald's and does takeaways. And well, I say, well, Yes, that may be a lot healthier compared to somebody else if you want to get somebody that's way down the food chain. But the problem is, is that these people don't realize that that stuff that they're eating is actually what caused their illness in the first place. And this is one of the most common things that I see is that people that get sick, if you, for example, get cancer, you go to your doctor, you're going to get either an X-ray, which gives off radiation, or if they want to give you a CT scan, which stands for com- computed tomography. And so that can give you up to 1,100 times the amount of radiation compared to an, a, an, a chest X-ray. Now, then if you have some other condition, you may be offered a, an MRI scan. Now, an MRI scan does not get, doesn't give off any radiation. But the thing is that they use a tracing agent or a contrast agent. So what they do is you'll hear people, they have to drink something before they go for the MRI scan. So the stuff that they have to drink is a chemical, like a metallic liquid called gadolinium. Now, the researchers were checking and doing research to see how long would it take to get the gadolinium to get out of your body. And they worked out that you would have to get kidney dialysis for something like 110 years every single day in life before you'd get all that stuff out of your body. But they don't tell you these things. Or for women, they become a certain age or they feel that they have a a lump or a cyst in their breast. What happens is they'll go and they'll get a mammogram. Now, a mammogram has a 40% false positive and a 40% uh, false negative so what does that mean? It means there's a 40% chance that you will have cancer and they won't see it or a 40% chance that you have, 
that you don't have cancer and they tell you you do. Plus, they put a lot of radiation into the breast doing that. Plus, if you did have a cancerous tumor, they squeeze the breast so painfully hard that it could burst the tumor. And then that tumor would satellite around the body. And then you'd have the cancer in many, many different areas in your body. So the thing is, I mean, I don't like to give people... Uh, to show them a problem without giving them a more empowering solution. But the thing is, you can go and do thermography, which can detect cancer cells six years, up to six years earlier than a mammogram. It's completely non-evasive. It uses thermal imaging. And uh, the only thing is that because there's no real profit on it, it's not available on our normal health services. But you know, you may have to go and pay for it somewhere privately. And it might cost you two or three hundred pounds or two or three hundred euros, but at least you're getting much more accurate information that's not causing any harm. Because a lot of the medical procedures to check for whether you have a condition or not actually cause many, many problems. That if you didn't have the problem beforehand, there's a good chance that that extra amount of toxicity, radiation, or whatever it is they give you could push you over the edge. And I, I heard as well that uh, the underarm deodorants is actually uh, toxic as well. Like so, um, when I found out that I get, I used the natural crystal ones. So there's all toxic toxins in them as well. Yeah. So one of the reasons or contributory factors that women, and I mean men get breast cancer too, but it's quite rare. But one of the main reasons why women get breast cancer and how to avoid it is when you use antiperspirants, that stops your body sweating under your arms. The deodorants don't stop you sweating. They just mask the smell. But the thing about it is, so your body has a lymphatic system or like a sewage system. <clears throat> and when you try to eliminate the toxins, you can either pee toxins out, poo them out, sweat them out or cough them out. That's the only way your body can get rid of toxins. And so what happens is that when you've got toxicity, your body then tries to mobilize them and get them out of your body. And so if you imagine it's usually going to get sweated out under your arms, but if you block that, then all the lymph nodes around the breast area, then they start to absorb the toxins. Then women wear nylon bras. And so what happens is that they absorb the chemicals from the bra transdermally, which just means through the skin and into their bloodstream. The other problem is, is that, uh, the breasts don't get to move as well, so they have uh, natural movement and drainage. And then all the lymphatic system around the breast, it can't drain because the bras are on quite tight and the, the bras uh, won't, let them drain, uh, won't let the lymphatic fluids and stuff drain. The other problem is, is that a lot of these bras can be underwired. So if you're flying on a plane, you're in a house with uh, Wi-Fi, if you can imagine that little underwired U-shaped thing, that's like a little metal antenna that's picking up the radiation and bringing it into the breast tissue. And then craziest of all is you'll see teenage girls going out for the night and they've got their mobile phone stuck in their bra over their heart while they're drinking their uh, Red Bulls with vodkas and, and all that sort right. of stuff. So, yeah, so the energy drinks are pulling you way, way, way up and the alcohol is pulling you way down. So what's happening is our bodies are getting pulled to the extreme in both directions, in opposite directions. But the thing is, is that uh, our lymphatic system, uh, we, I mean, we have three times more lymph fluid than we have blood. 
And so what one of the good things that really helps with lymphatic drainage is that we can go and jump on a trampoline. And if you can jump even for five minutes a day, but preferably 15 minutes a day, you'll start to put a lot of G forces on the lymphatic system and the lymph fluid and get that to circulate and pump around the body, which is a very powerful way to detoxify. Another thing that if you want to get toxins out of your body is to get into an infrared sauna. Mm -hmm. An infrared sauna will eliminate toxins 80% more efficiently than uh, a conventional sauna will. And a conventional sauna, you're in it for 20 minutes, you're absolutely roasting, you're so warm you can't stick it, you're out, you jump into a plunge pool or you cool down, you go back in again five or 10 minutes later, you stand for another 10 minutes and then you're cooked again. Whereas an infrared sauna, you can sit in that for an hour nonstop and you can sweat profusely, very comfortably. And that's one of the things that I do every day. I sit in my sauna for an hour a day, every single day, whenever it's possible. And it's just a great way of getting rid of uh, toxicity out of your body. Another mm. powerful thing to do is drinking green juices. So if you get yourself a proper, really good quality juicer and juice organic celery, organic cucumber, maybe a bit of ginger and a bit of garlic, uh, sometimes I'll uh, juice organic lemons as well and I'll juice the entire skin. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever recommend juicing non-organic lemons unless you peel them because they usually spray them with some sort of chemical wax. Now, it can be beeswax, but that's highly unlikely because beeswax is expensive where the chemical stuff's not, and it'll probably most likely be a petroleum-based wax. So if you get an organic lemon, juice that as well, and that will just alkalize the body and flush out toxins, and it'll also energize you and make you feel completely alive. Yeah, now I I've got an infrared sauna and I've also got a, a rebounder and I yeah. Uh, yeah no definitely you feel you can stay in it for an hour. I normally read while I'm in the the infrared uh, sauna and they're not that expensive. I mean you would think that uh, I remember I paid something like a thousand euro for my one yeah. and at this stage yeah. I don't know it's like eight years and it's still running well. Yeah yeah yeah. I mean I just think they're magnificent. They're a great way of staying incredibly healthy. And another thing is is that when you come out of a sauna, I mean, your skin just feels like brand new. It just, it's just, you know, you can feel it. I mean, women are always trying to look better and healthier and, you know, I suppose men at some level too. But when you go into a sauna, all the natural oils in your body come out through your pores and your skin feels naturally soft and naturally supple. Whereas most people are putting chemicals on from the outside in rather than doing it from the inside out. Yeah. And to me, Beauty and health is an inside job, and it really does matter what foods we are putting in their body. But most people are eating nutritionally deficient foods, supplementing themselves with you know vitamins and stuff like that that are synthetic in nature, and uh, you know they're they're doing the the processed foods, they're doing the microwave foods and all that sort of stuff. And it doesn't mean that you will get cancer or a serious disease, but you are creating ideal. Uh, conditions in which a disease could flourish and so it is important that you know we choose what we eat consciously and the thing about it is that most people don't realize what they're eating and they're sitting on the tv watching stuff and so the thing is most people want the body of an athlete but many people lead the life of a couch potato but while they're on that couch watching the tv they're selling on some new supplement or some new cereal that you know is supposed to help you lose fat and this is the thing and there's no way around this 
if you want the body of an athlete, you need to live the lifestyle of an athlete. And every one of us, without any judgment, our bodies are a perfect reflection of what we do to it on a daily basis. But the selling of the illusion of the quick fix to health while you're sitting in front of the TV and that couch is a multi-billion dollar industry. And it doesn't work, but the thing is, people like to buy into that illusion or they want the quick fix or the instant gratification. And to me, you know, if you want to, if you do want to get your health improved or you have a chronic illness, and this is the thing, your body will heal from almost any condition you can imagine. I've seen people with very, very serious cancers riddled through their whole bodies and they've went on, they've done the juice and the saunas, uh, they've got rid of all the processed foods in their lives, they're exercising, they're lying in the sun, getting their vitamin D and uh, they deal with their unresolved emotional issues because this is the thing. You can eat the best food, you can do all the different things, the exercise, the best quality supplements, but if you have some deep unresolved emotional issue going on, you will still find a way to get yourself sick because if you don't feel worthy or you did something wrong or you don't feel you're good enough, that negativity or that constant focusing on what's wrong makes our bodies highly acidic and that stress that we feel uh, for our bodies to function, what, what it does to conserve energy is it then says, well, you know, it feels the fight or flight uh, scenario getting kicked in with the adrenaline and the cortisol. So what does it do? It then switches down or closes down the immune system to conserve energy. It then goes, well, what else can we use? slow down or, or switch off to conserve energy? Because this is, in the short term, adrenaline is really good. You know, if we're going to get chased by the saber-toothed tiger, you know, we can sprint like a champion for 100 meters. And then after that, we can relax and get back into balance. But people are sitting in work or they're in life and they're constantly dripping or le leaching adrenaline into their bloodstream because we live in a society that has us focused on, you know, this danger is just around the corner. And when you turn on that news, I mean, it's like you think the world is going to end. You know, I mean, our society has got a large amount of it focused on the negativity. I mean, when's the last time you turned on the news and you went, wow, this wonderful thing happened and everybody's so happy and it's so great? It's the out-of-context focus on massive amounts of negativity when that could be less than 1% of what's going on in the world. But if you consistently focus on that 1% of the negativity, that is deeply influences it deeply, deeply influences us at the level of our unconscious mind. And we are programming ourselves by watching that sort of stuff. So one of the things that I would never watch is horror movies. Like, I know I get sit through stuff and do that, but to me, there's no nourishment in that. You're just filling your unconscious mind with all this negative dread and all that sort of stuff. So for me, you know, we have to stand guardian at the doorway of our consciousness and be very careful what we let into our awareness. Because even though we eat the best food on the planet, if you don't live in a good place emotionally, you will be on doing the good work that you've done by eating well and doing all the other things because of the stress and the adrenaline that we're producing. No, definitely. And uh, like, cause I know that you meditate as well, cause I've got the other podcast, the meditation podcast.org where, you know, you does like 20 or 30 different types of breath works and meditation. And I think everybody should get into that because you clear your mind and you're more focused and you don't get stressed over things. You're basically, if you're doing something, you're doing it and you're not thinking of something else. 
And what you yeah. said is, is you know, absolutely true. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so for me, I mean, my health is, for me, my number one value in life. But when I work with clients, one of the things that I would say, well, you know, what are your top five values in life? And they'll tell you their family, their job, uh, lots of different things. And in their top five, health doesn't even come into it. And when people get put under pressure, they start to sacrifice the things that are lower down in their hierarchy of values. But if you really want to be incredibly fit and healthy, you need to make health your number one value. And a lot of people think, but I'm too busy. I have to make money or I have to do this or I have to do something else. But the thing is, how many days have you lost in your lifetime because you have been sick or you've been unwell? And one of the things that I say to people is that, you know, if you don't make time for your health now, you most definitely will have to make time for sickness and disease later on in your journey. And most people think, oh, well, I'll be okay. It won't happen to me. But the thing about it is you see the lifestyles that they lead and they may be okay in the short term. But the thing about it is, is these people don't realize that they're going to pay a very high price for not listening to the beautiful feedback that their body has given them. So for example, if somebody gets a headache, you know, what is it that most people do? Uh, they shoot the messenger and take two painkillers. Mm. This is a beautiful communication from our unconscious mind to say to us, listen, there's something wrong. But that mentality is a bit like you driving down the road and you're a car and the oil light comes on and you pull the bulb out and go, wow, well, that's that problem solved. It's not the problem solved. The only problem now is, is it's got ex exponentially worse because now you're not getting the feedback to let you know that something's wrong. And so the unconscious will then have to crank up the signal to make sure that you get to understand that there's something really wrong. But these people, and I've seen this happen so many times, they take a painkiller, then they take another painkiller, then they get a stronger painkiller, and next thing they're maxed out to something like, you know, one step before morphine. And all the time, their body is screaming at them because they've got chronic inflammation and chronic pain and chronic so many other things, but they don't listen to that beautiful communication from our unconscious mind. And the thing about it is, is that that is a very positive part of us that is trying to protect us and let us know that there's a problem. But most people don't realize that that's the, that's its positive intention to keep us safe. And they end up shooting the messenger and get sicker and sicker and sicker as they go along their journey of own awareness of uh, that, what, what they're really doing to their bodies or what's going on. Uh, like I never take tablets for anything. If I have a headache, which is very rare, I normally say, yeah. okay, I need to drink or do something. And I just try to, what did I have? Yeah. Try to track it back. But what yeah. shocks me is, because I have a few friends that are doctors and everything, and the amount of tablets that they take, <laughs> it's like, you know, they are taking way more tablets than actually they're prescribing for people. Mm -hmm. I know the thing is, is that all pharmaceutical drugs have a negative consequence on our body. And so the thing is, if it didn't belong in nature, then there's going to be a consequence because not only have you masked the original problem, but you now have to deal with the toxicity that's caused by the synthetic pharmaceutical drugs that you put into your body. And what happens is eventually all this stuff uh, is uh, becomes very toxic and then we end up uh, with all these toxins in our liver. So one of the things that I do every year after Christmas, because when it, 
up at Christmas time, you know, usually I wouldn't eat that much, but then for a few days or maybe for that week around Christmas, you know, you're calling to see people and they're setting up all this food in front of you and all the different treats and stuff. So I will eat that crap and it is crap, but I will eat it. And the thing is, if you are eating crap, make sure you enjoy it because a lot of people will eat the crap and then beat themselves up, feel guilty for eating the crap and then they've made it even worse. So if you're going to eat the crap, eat it and enjoy it. Yeah. And so for me, I allow myself one day a week that, you know, if I want to eat some crap, I eat it. And usually it's a Monday and I just go, right, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to eat all this shit and I'm going to truly enjoy it. But I've still had my green juices. I've still had my sauna. I've still had my meditation. And so for me, when I say about health, it's my number one value. So I'm up at 6.30 every single morning in life if I'm at home. And I don't care how much it's raining, if it's a thunderstorm or a monsoon. I go out for a walk for 30 minutes. And even if I get, I mean, I've seen me before getting soaked, my shoes filled up with water, I'm soaked in my underwear and I just have to take everything off. And I just go and get a nice warm shower, dry off. And then I'll come in and I'll sit and I'll meditate for an hour, an hour and a half. Then I usually I would head down to the gym and do 30 to 45 minutes on the gym, depending on which part of my body I'm working that day. And then after that, I'll come back, I'll sit in the sauna for an hour. And then after that, I'll sit and I'll eat superfoods. So I eat the most nutritious foods on the planet that are just absolutely overloaded with the most incredible, alive, natural plant-based nutrients. And so I would eat superfoods and I would eat that consciously for probably, probably takes me 10 or 15 minutes to prepare it and then 30 minutes to eat it because most people don't eat their food properly and they gulp it down. Mm. And so what they, they always say, that what do you want to do is you want to drink your foods and chew your liquids. So if you're going to, if you're going to eat food and even if you are a fast eater, try and take the first bite and chew it even for two or three minutes that you uh, basically cover it in saliva. And then when you take that, it's communicating with your stomach and your whole system that is getting booted up to process the food. And, you know, it's getting all the digestive enzymes and everything to function really well. And so at least eat the first bite, uh, chew it really well and swallow it. And then the other stuff, you can eat it faster, but that's just one way you know, really primers our bodies so we can get into a good place. Another thing that people do is they don't drink enough water. And so a lot of people think they're hungry when they're actually uh, quite thirsty or dehydrated. And the thing is, if you taste or you feel that you're, you can feel you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated. And so you want to drink good quality, clean water. And depending on where you live in the world, a lot of these water supplies have been chlorinated, fluoridated. Uh, they put chloralamine in it as well and lots of other things. And like, you just don't want to ever drink that water. Mm. I mean, I even sh- uh, I even filter my shower water because I, I wouldn't even shower in the water. But I remember being in the States many times and having to have a shower in the States and the smell of the water coming out of the shower. It's like, you know, like say you'd want to go in the shower and you'd, some days say you'd want to spend five minutes in the shower. Like in the States, I'd be in there and it's like, you're in, you're in for two minutes, you're getting out of that stuff because anything that goes on their skin gets absorbed in their bloodstream. So one of the things, I mean, I think it's good that, you know, people can swim preferably in the sea, but if you go and you go swimming in a swimming pool, within 15 to 20 minutes, 
you have you have detectable the detectable levels of chlorine in your blood. Like that's insane. But we live in this chemical world. And one of the things that I used to do is I used to go down to the gym and get changed there. But then there was a, I think it was Lynx were running a campaign uh, for teenage boys to spray this uh, body spray or deodorant or whatever on them. And one of the things they said was, you know, if you suffer from premature perspiration. And so what they were doing was getting these guys to spray all this toxic shit on them. And then, you know, a girl would walk past and it looks like she's just had an orgasm, uh, smiling at the boy and wants to be his friend. Like, like, what a load of shit. But the thing is, it was enough to fool these teenage boys and they're going out and buying this horrible, toxic shit. And then when I went down to the gym and in the changing rooms, they were spraying us and there was clouds of it everywhere. So I actually couldn't go and change in the changing room anymore. And it was like there was a direct correlation between the ad and you could see all this shit happening. So I would have then changed in the house, went down to the gym, worked out in the gym and then come home and get sorted out in the house rather than go down and do that in the gym. Another thing that profoundly affects our health is the lighting that we have in our house. In the house we have, most people now have LED bulbs or they have energy saving bulbs. And the LED bulbs give off a lot of blue light that are very harmful to our retinas. It stimulates our brain that makes us feel that we want to waken up. And so you're going to have possible sleep problems by having LED lights in the house, as well as destroying your retinas. And again, with the energy saving bulbs, like the energy saving bulbs, those squiggly ones, like they've got mercury in them. So if you break one of those, uh, you're supposed to get a specialist cleanup team in, which would cost around 3,000 euro. They actually do that. Now, there's nobody is going to have that money or would even know who to phone in that case, but they don't tell you on the bulb when you're buying this that this is totally toxic and shouldn't be anywhere in your house. So the bulbs that are really healthy for us are the incandescent bulbs. These are the bulbs that you and I would have grown up with as children, but not the pearl ones, the obscure glass ones. We want the clear glass ones, and they're optimal for our health and our for our eyesight. And another thing as well is our screens and our computers. One of the things about the screens is they they give off a lot of blue light, and they're again very detrimental to our eyes. So I have a blue light blocking software. Now, the one I use is called Iris, and you can get it from iris.tech. I think that's only maybe about $2, but it just takes that horrible blue glare off the screen. And actually, you know, it, it's, it saves the strain and stress on your eyes. And another thing that people are doing now is they're spending so much time in front of computer screens that are putting a massive strain on their eyes. And especially if you've got a screen that refreshes below a hundred Hertz, like we can't see it with our eye, but our eyes are adjusting to it. And that flicker, the weak, it's imperceptible to our eye or to our brains, but our eyes are feeling the stress of it and it's putting a huge demand. And so that would be a trigger for people getting uh, migraine headaches and possible fits or stress or fatigue or all that sort of stuff. And it is about making intelligent choices. And the more we can make those intelligent choices, the easier it's going to be for us to remain and stay healthy. Yeah. And like what I try to tell people, because now I want to make this a solution based podcast is don't get overwhelmed. You know, you don't have to go shopping and just think you have to just each week make it a change. So once you realize, okay, this product that I'm getting, so go the organic chicken, whatever, if you realize this toxic toxins in the shampoo that you're using or the fluoride Mm -hmm. in the toothpaste, 
then you find one that doesn't. And once you change, then you just stick to that. And mm -hmm. not to make, you know, you can't go cold turkey. I think it's too much for people and people just, they don't do it. No, if you do too much too quickly, you'll get overwhelmed. Yeah. So it is understanding uh, the problem so that you're not a victim and you didn't know. And then, uh, and the thing is, sometimes at the start it costs more money to be healthy because, you know, you can buy a non-organic chicken for, say, £5 and an organic one is £15. So you're paying maybe treble the price. But the thing is, you know, there are other healthier options. I mean, you can change your bulbs. You can, I mean, for me personally, if I'm having a shower, I don't use any body washes, any chemicals, any detergents, any shampoos, and I haven't done for at least maybe 10 or 15 years. So I just have a really intensely warm sauna. And then I go out and I have a really freezing cold shower, as cold as I can get the water. And I'll stay in there for about two to three minutes. And if you've ever studied, I think, you know, some of the material from Wim Hof, the Iceman. Mm. And I think he says, if you go into the freezing cold water, if you can stand that for two minutes, that will force your immune system to have a really powerful reboot. And you know, so it really is strengthening your immune system. It also, also gives us a brilliant cardiovascular workout because what we're doing is we're expanding and dilating our blood vessels massively in the sauna. And then we're contracting them when they come out and go in the freezing cold shower. And it's just a great way of also slamming the pores shut and forcing out all the toxins and giving ourselves that great cardiovascular workout. And it really will strengthen and uh, fortify our immune system. So it's something that, you know, a lot of these things, if you don't have a sauna, have a really warm shower. Have it for, say, five minutes and then finish off for two minutes with a cold shower if you can handle it. And, you know, little things can make a massive difference. Another thing that's really healing for us is to walk barefoot upon the earth. So take our socks and shoes off and walk uh, barefoot on the damp grass. Or one of the things that people usually love doing is walk along the beach if you're near the seaside, walk barefoot on the seashore, and we're being earthed, and we're getting grounded. And so that's something that's very, very beneficial to us. And people think, oh, it just feels nice. There is actually a massive health benefit, and we're making a massive amount of antioxidants, which is the, the good things that get rid of the bad guys called the free radicals that make us age you know, rapidly and stuff. So mm. there always are solutions, and a lot of them can be very inexpensive or don't cost anything at all. But the thing that makes the difference is when you start to take your health seriously and you start to focus on solutions, there is always, always a solution to almost any problem. If you're just willing to look out, say, the normal condition response that we've been trained to look for. No, exactly. And like you, know, you mentioned how important, and that's the way I feel as well, because I believe that even if you, you know, have a lot of work to do, when you're eating healthy, you've got so much energy. So not only are you productive in your work, for your partner, you can be a better lover, more uh, compassionate, and for your children, you have time to play with them. So it's mm -hmm. connected to every single thing that you do. Mm -hmm. And I see you've got a good color on you there, Roy. <laughs> I love the sun, yeah. I, yeah I, I go out and I eat my breakfast out in the garden and I, I walk barefoot as well, as often as I can. And Brilliant. See, another thing, I avoided the sun for 20 years because I listened to the news and the TV and thought that the sun was bad for you. So I then went and did a lot of research. And one of the things I want to clarify, you know, does the sun give us skin cancer? Is it harmful? Is it not? Should we go in the sun? Should we not? I think every person should be out in the sun as much as they possibly can. But the thing about it is we cannot 
not ever use the commercial sunscreens because they're full of sodium benzoate and sodium lauryl sulfate and all these horrible chemicals that are carcinogenic and uh, are really detrimental to your health. They're also teratogenic, which means they will harm an unborn child. Uh, the other thing as well is, is that when we go out in the sun, we want to go out in the sun until our skin starts to go the slightest color of pink. Once our skin goes the slightest color of pink, we have maximized our vitamin D. And so therefore we should get out of the sun. Now, the more we get used to the sun, the longer we can stay. But once you start to go pink, you need to get out of the sun. Mm. Now, our body is still synthesizing the vitamin D. Well, it's actually not a vitamin, it's a hormone, but it's synthesizing on our skin for 24 to 48 hours after we've been out in the sun. So what we want to do is, if, if we can, we want to avoid having a shower. But if you do want a shower, go in and only have a shower and don't use any detergents or soaps or shampoos because that's going to wash off all the, the positive effects of lying out in the sun uh, has given us. And the other thing as well is if you're out in the sun or you've got young children and you want to protect them from the sun, you know, you can put on things like raw organic coconut oil, raw organic cacao butter, which give the, gives a, a sun protection factor of around three. So normally they could stay out for 30 minutes. They could stay out for an hour and a half then. But then if you want something that's a very, very high sun protection factor, I can't remember exactly, but I think something like raspberry leaf oil, you need to research it. But I think it has a sun protection factor of around 30. So, you know, you could put that on and you could be out in the blazing sun all day and you're not going to get burnt. So there are healthy alternatives. But the thing is, is to uh, just do it intelligently because if you do go out in the sun and you do get burnt, then what that's going to do is make our skin age more rapidly and it will uh, increase the risk for us getting skin cancer. But the thing is, if you're out in the sun with the commercial sunscreens on, that stuff's boiling and getting cooked into your skin and that's going to cause massive damage because this is the thing. If you can't eat it, you can't put it on your skin. And so me, most people are using uh, beauty care products and that stuff, you can't eat it, but they're still putting it on their skin and that's getting absorbed into their bloodstream. And the thing is, the average woman has 550 chemicals on her body every day. And a lot of these chemicals are have a lot of nasty, nasty ingredients in them. And the thing is, you know, are you dying to look good? Because a lot of these women are actually causing themselves to get diseases and illnesses because uh, they're putting these beauty products on their skin, especially all these commercial hair dyes, the anti, uh, antiperspirants, the deodorants, all the different types of makeup and the skin cleansers. Like A lot of these here are to totally uh, loaded with stuff. Now, there is a, for people that sort of don't know what the ingredients are and they don't want to do massive amounts of research, there's a website called Environmental Working Group or EWG.org. And so you can put your brand, if it's a popular brand, into it. And they will tell you, I think it's from a scale of one to six or one to eight, whether it's safe, whether it's suspect, whether it's highly dangerous. You know, they have like a traffic light system, like a red, mm. an orange and a green or something like that. There's maybe three or four different colors. But that allows people to look at their beauty care product and then they will... Uh, be able to then assess whether that stuff's toxic or really are really healthy for you, and you know it's, it gives you these solutions that if you're prepared to do a little bit of research, you know you can take a lot of steps to really prevent your 
uh, yourself from getting ill. And the thing is, a lot of people think that fitness and health are the same thing, but they're not. There's people that can be incredibly fit, but are totally, totally unhealthy. And when you look at Lance Armstrong, he was a guy that won the Tour de France seven years in a row. But the thing is, he developed cancer and then he was caught using performance-enhancing drugs. And the thing is, is it did those perform-enhancing drugs uh, give him the cancer? And I don't know, but I would say they definitely would have been a massive contributory factor. And so the thing is, he, there's a perfect example of somebody that was incredibly fit, but totally, totally unhealthy. Mm. So it is taking those small, consistent steps uh, daily in the direction of our goals that are ultimately going to set us up for the win long term. And do you have any app? Because there's one I use for food. Do, is there any app that you're aware of that people can scan the barcode? I don't. I just sort of have developed a very high level of sensory acuity that I can walk into a supermarket and I can just look at the shelf and go, there's nothing I can eat in that shelf, that shelf, that shelf, that shelf. You get the look at the, even though by the colors they use on the, on the packets, where it's located, what islets in and stuff like that. So for me, uh, there's probably only about four A's out of 50 that I can ever eat food from. And, you know, most of it's uh, the raw organic fruit and vegetables and stuff like that. But this is the thing. If you're going to even eat fruit, you know, uh, on ripe fruit is acidic in nature. So you want to try to avoid eating unripe fruit. Now, that's very, very difficult to do because most supermarkets get produce from the other side of the planet. They put it in cold storage and ship it across where it's taken maybe weeks to get here. And so then they take it out and it starts to ripen. But the thing is, it goes from being unripe, unripe, the rotten, you know, and it doesn't really ripen. And I mean, the best time to buy fruit is when it is in season and it's ripening naturally. But I mean, you know, you're getting blueberries in December and like, you know, we don't have blueberries here in December. I mean, there's I have blueberries growing in my garden, but they'll not be ready to harvest probably for another few weeks. But the, the thing about it is, is that if we can, it's always best to eat fruit that is in season. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if it's not in season, uh, it's probably not going to be anywhere near as beneficial for us. But if we can, it's good to eat stuff that, you know, comes locally. But in many cases, you know, it's not easy to get local stuff or you'll have it for a few months. But it is about making intelligent choices. For me, just one thing that's very important to me is the airmails that it's taken for the product to get here. So if I did want to eat an apple and apples were grown in the UK or of apples that were grown in New Zealand, so I'm, only go- I'm always going to lift the ones that were grown closest to me. But the thing is, is that, you know, we get all these exotic foods from all over the planet. And uh, personally, I just think it's better and it's much more environmentally friendly and has the ecology that if we can eat stuff that's in season and as close to us as we possibly can. Exactly. And like what I what I would love to see, and I, I hope it will eventually happen, is because with electronic devices, when they started uh, rating them, you know, A, B, C, D, you know that for the mm-hmm. more efficiency that we should mm-hmm. have that for food system so because mm-hmm. you know not everyone is going to go through look through the ingredients and understand it but if there was a kind of unbiased that it was genuine where you had a, a rating system and you go okay that you know it's toxic and then you can See, make a decision 
I can appreciate the idea of that. And in a world where people had integrity, that would be absolutely magnificent. But it's a bit like, you know, the fact checkers decided that the article you posted on Facebook was fake. You know, who gets to decide what's good and what's bad? What you will find is that the criminals in the food industry will infiltrate the system and they will dominate and control it and buy the rating system or control it in a way if it was set up by somebody that had integrity, that it was impartial, that wasn't able to be bought. Uh, absolutely. But it would have to be a private or a charitable organization that actually has integrity. And the thing about it is that most of the charities that are out there are run by criminals yeah. and they take massive amounts of money from industry. And they will say that something that normally anybody with, any nutritional information would know that this is highly toxic and should never be in the bo- in our bodies. What you'll find is they'll say there's no evidence to show that this is harmful and is okay in you know small amounts, you know, several times a week. And I just see it's like it's not the exception to the rule, it's the way it is, and somebody telling the truth in nutrition and health is definitely the exception to the rule. I mean, even the health food industry has got virtually nothing to do with health in it. It's all selling the illusion of something and they're all full of all the junk of the day. Like when you go into a health food shop, most people think if they're banded in a health food shop, it must be healthier. It must be of some nutritional benefit for you. And the thing about it is you like 95% of it is just total and utter junk. It really is. They've got all these supplements that are full of, all the crap of the day. And the thing about it is that many of these people in the shops don't even know that they're full of crap. They're just selling what the rep told them or they've just realized that sells well or that's what people want. Or, you know, you want this product. But, I mean, even, like, there's people even buying calcium carbonate is just that chalk that you dig out of the ground. Now, it's an inorganic form of calcium, which means that your body can't absorb it or or metabolize it. So what it does is it ends up causing calcification of the joints. But the thing is, some people are selling pure chalk in capsules as a calcium supplement. This is like criminal. Like these people should go to jail for selling that crap, but the shelves are full of it. And to me, you know, you want to eat food, real alive food. When you take a piece of celery that's grown in the earth, it's it's took all the minerals from the soil, it's got the sunshine, the rain and and grown. That that food has an intelligence that when you eat it, it can tell your body what to do with it. But when you microwave that food or you process it, it destroys the life force within that food and your body eats it, it doesn't have the intelligence or that information to tell your body what to do with it. And a lot of people like still use microwave ovens and they'll say to me, oh, but they're so convenient. And I'll say, is the price of convenience worth the price of your health? Because that's ultimately how you're paying for it. Like you mentioned, you know, 20 or 30 years ago that you were eating unhealthy. I remember when I was younger working and a friend came to my house and he, he got a marker out and he wrote down, Monday, Tuesday, when I'd all frozen food and I used to eat microwave food. And as soon as I realized, I mean, I never knew, but once I found I have never had a microwave since. And yeah. it was just lack of knowledge. Yes. Yeah, so for me, a microwave anything is just a deal breaker. I just refuse to ever eat it under any circumstances. But the other thing is, is that when you microwave food, it then trebles your risk of getting stomach cancer. And that process, when you microwave food, it basically rips the 
the water particles and the food apart at several million times per second. And so that process is still going on after you've taken it out of the microwave and you're eating it. The other thing as well is that, I don't know if you saw, there's a video circulating YouTube a good few years ago where these schoolgirls basically took uh, microwave water and let it cool. And they watered one plant with microwave water and the other one with tap water. And after a few days, the plant that was getting watered with the microwave water died and the other plant that was getting watered with the tap water was thriving. And so if people think, oh no, well, I think microwaves are okay. That's okay. Go and do that simple experiment. Go and buy two little Euro, uh, like parsley plants or basil plants or something out of your supermarket. Microwave the water, let it cool thoroughly. Water one plant, but put them both in the same place in the windowsill. Water one with tap water, water the other one with microwave water and see what happens. Don't take my word for it. Just go and see. And if you think is, if that plant is dying right away from drinking that microwave water, what's it doing to the cells in our body? Exactly. And there's another thing about microwaves as well. And I have done this test about 10 times is I tell someone, put their phone inside the microwave. Yeah. Close it. And I say, get someone to ring you. And it rings. Yeah. And I got, you know, that means that the waves are leaking. And the worst thing is yeah. you have a child yeah. standing in front of the microwave with the light yeah. going around and it's going straight yeah. into them. Yeah, and another test they can do as well is you can either put your phone in or you can switch the microwave on and just take a radio, like a like a transistor radio, and walk up and hold the hold the radio beside the microwave. And if the signal gets corrupted, that's because the the, the waves, the microwaves are coming out off the oven as well. So if you get interference on the radio, it's then uh, it's then leaking as well. It's another way to to, to test it, and that's the thing. Like there, they were a great technology when you didn't know how they worked, mm. but now when you realize, you realize how ultimately detrimental they are. I mean, if you really, really, really want to use a microwave, you can use it to heat plates, and that's about it. I mean, some some uh, people they're he- they're heating the child's food, the the milk in it, and yeah, that is I cringe. So, so a nurse many years ago, uh, when you're getting a blood transfusion. They take the blood out and it's out of cold storage. And to put it in the body, the blood's so cold. So the nurse took the blood and put it in the microwave and heated it up for, like, say, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. Uh, put it into the patient and the patient died right away. So, you know, it's just, it may look like blood and it may be heating it up, but it completely and utterly is obliterating any life force within whatever is in there. So, People say, but is there not way? Is there is there no way around this? And I says, well, if you really feel you have to microwave your food, I says, microwave it. I says, take it out. I says, let it cool for three minutes. And I says, then take it and throw it in the bin. I says, because then your body won't have to get rid of the toxic waste because that's what it's doing. It has to then. You'd be far healthier just not eating anything because it's just total and utter crap. It's just obliterating any nutritional benefit that you're ever. It's just there's so much downside, no upside from doing this. And to me, it's just an absolute deal breaker. If I would ever go to a restaurant, I would just say, is any part of this meal microwaved at any time for any reason? And then I go, I don't know. And I says, can you check with a chef? It's really important. They says, why do you have some sort of thing? And I says, look, I just need to know. 
and I say, yes, well, this is the veg is microwave or whatever. I just say, that's okay. I'll take something different. I'll take a salad. And so there's, there are solutions, but the thing is you need to start asking better quality questions. And to me, uh, we need to eat the best quality, eat quality food on the planet because the food now already, I mean, if you grow your own vegetables out in your own garden, uh, they're, they can have up to 20 times the amount of nutrition that the organic produce that you would get in the supermarket would have. Wow. I remember being in Palm Springs in the States many years ago and I went to a supermarket and I just thought, what am I going to eat? You know, the, the, just the food was so bad. And I just went, I'll take a chance on a bag of organic carrots. And like they were the most horrible, tasteless carrots I'd ever tasted in my life. The farmer must like, I don't know, just have grown it in the same soil for 10 years in a row. Where years ago, we had a thing called crop rotation. We you grew your potatoes in the field one year, then you grew carrots the next year, then you grew celery the next year, then you grew something else, or you even let the field lie fallow for a year. But the thing about it is, is now they'll just grow the same stuff in the field year after year after year, and the soil doesn't get to recover. It doesn't get any diversity. It doesn't get anything. And so in the end, it may be called organic. But this is the thing. Although organic is going to be better than something that isn't organic, but organic is the observation of a process. It's not the measurement of a quality. And so you could have somebody growing organic anything, say organic carrots, right beside a massive incinerator outside a mega city using fluoridated water uh, to grow it. And they will have fully complied with the procedure. But like that could be one of the most toxic, most nutritionally deficient foods. Yet you could have somebody growing uh, carrots in the mountains of the Himalayas in the most pristine hills, you know, where there isn't a city for 300 miles. And that's not certified organic, but nutritionally, it's going to be absolutely incredibly nutrition off the scale compared to the other thing. So organic is the measurement or sort of the observation of a pro uh, observation of a process, not the measurement of quality. And so it's still better than non-organic, but it does really uh, have a lot of value. If you can go and find somebody that you know that is growing the food organically because then you'll see what's actually happening because a lot of our food we don't know where it comes from we don't know how it has been processed or what they they do and the thing about it is is that a lot of the meats uh, are allowed to be electronically pasteurized what does that mean it means that they can basically blast meat with massive amounts of radiation to kill any parasites and bacteria uh and the thing about it is, is that that stuff's been, uh, that stuff's been basically blasted. Like, and I can't remember how many times, but it's like thousands of times more than an X-ray. And then that stuff still being passed into the food chain and the human consumption. Uh, <clears throat> no, and just looping back because you were on about the crop rotation when we were talking at the start with the Hunza. That's one thing that they did. The guys that were living to over hundred, they were doing crop rotation. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. And the thing about it is, you know, these people just enjoyed life. You know, when they had no electricity, they're out in nature. They're out, they, they they're out playing with their children, even in their eighties. You know, these people just absolutely thrive. 
And so the thing is, when I was uh, researching for my book, you know, I just thought, you know, who are the healthiest people on the planet? And these were the people that I thought, I mean, there's other people in Italy and stuff and all around the world in different places in China, but these people seem to absolutely thrive. And then you look and you think, like, who are the sickest, most unhealthy people on the planet? And the, for a Western world country, like the US is just completely, and it's not that I'm getting at them, it's just that the problem is, is that they have, a culture where the corporations dictate government policy and they have got a thing over there called state-sponsored bravery but they give it a nice name called lobbying so if you've got a law that you don't like you can then go and get somebody to lobby or bribe a senator or a policymaker in government that they can then change the law to suit the outcome that you're looking for and so many of these corporations get to define or write the laws in which they live under just like the Monsanto Protection Act, where these people are not allowed to be prosecuted for their crimes. Just like in, I think it was Carolina, I can't remember, maybe South Carolina, the pig farmers, uh, a lot of people were flying drones over and exposing the horrendous conditions and treatment where people were going into uh, these uh, animal feedlots and seeing how brutally they were treating cows and animals. And so they then made it illegal that anybody that did that was going to get prosecuted for a criminal offence where the organisations that were committing the crimes were being protected. Like the whole world is upside down, back to front and inside out. And then you've got McDonald's destroying the rainforest uh, in the Amazon and flying beef over there, cows over there to grow, raise the cows there. They're killed over there and then shipped back to the US for processing. It's just insane, you know, or that I was in London one day and uh, there was bottled water for sale. I mean, I try to avoid drinking bottled water if I can avoid it at all, you know, unless it's glass. But I was looking at the water and there, there was the bottled water and it was cheaper that it had been shipped from Turkey than the water that would be in the UK. And I just think it's insane that, you know, the way different tariffs work, the way our culture works, that... Uh, you could be drinking water from 5,000 miles away and the spring that the guy has 40 miles up the road, you know, uh, you don't have access to it or you can't afford it or uh, it's not marketed because he's not part of a big corporation. And I had a device for checking the impurities in water and I found that the filtered water was a lot better than a lot of the bottled ones. A lot of the bottled ones were actually a lot more impurities in yeah, I mean, I personally try to avoid drinking bottled water at all times. I do drink filtered water all the time. And uh, I think spring water is the best if you can get a good, clean source. <clears throat> but uh, for me, you know, uh, I just want to filter my water. I want to filter my shower water because if you don't filter the water, then you're the one that's becoming the filter. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it may meet certain standards the government have set, but the problem is that the government standards are so miserably low, just like Wi-Fi and all these other, uh, you know, radiation and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they tell us it's okay, only to find out years later, no, we've been cooked. I mean, at one stage, asbestos was completely safe. Uh, thalidomide, the drug thalidomide was completely safe. And uh, of all these other things that we were told they were safe, only to find out many years later that, oh, no, they're not safe. But the thing is, is that you could have a new drug come out and a lot of people could die, have died in the studies. 
but the companies can legally withhold that information and not declare it, and they'll just pick the study that suits their agenda. So they'll just pay five different doctors or five different universities money to carry out research. And the thing about it is, if that university does not deliver the results that corporation or company is looking for, that company will never get funded again. And a lot of times, when that research is done, if it doesn't suit their agenda, uh, then it's not published. Like they should make it that if you carry out a study, it must be published and you must uh, you must uh, notify that you're doing that study so that then it can't be hidden or buried or sort of manipulated at a later date. But you can do lots of studies and just cherry pick the ones that suit your outcome. And that is a fundamentally flawed system that basically sets, sets us up for massive, massive corruption. And especially with the likes of the vaccine makers in the States and stuff, where when you can make a product and you are completely immune from all liability, and not only that, the taxpayer then has to pay for your crimes. I mean, that's a system where they're talking now about, oh, we want to get a COVID vaccine. I mean, they could go out and get horse shit, dilute it in the water, bleach it white, stick it in the vaccine and inject it into you. And if it makes you sick, they don't care because there's going to be no consequences. So if there's no consequences, they don't care about the safety studies. That's why they can deliver stuff that they're saying we're going, to make, we're going to get stuff ready very quickly. Like I personally would never vaccinate any person or any animal at any time for any reason. That's it. I just wouldn't do that. But the thing is, there's a lot of people there that, you know, want to vaccinate. And this is the thing. Uh, once you vaccinate, you cannot unvaccinate. And even if you don't agree with me and you think, well, vaccines are okay and I trust my doctor, please, please, please go and do some basic level of research. Go and even watch a movie like Vaxxed. Go and watch uh, somebody like The High, the High Wire with Dale Bigtree. Go and listen to people that actually have credibility that know what they're talking about. Even if you don't agree with somebody, there's times people will say things and I don't agree with them. And I'll just go, you know what? I'll actually go and I'll check out what they are saying or where the research is coming from. And the thing is that any time you're looking at any research, the first question you need to ask yourself is, who paid for the research? Exactly. And so what they found out in the cell phone study, the interphone cell phone study that took millions of dollars and many years to complete, they also, also got... Uh, and a lot of bother because it took them so long. It was like years after this, this post. And what they found that not only were, were mobile phones not bad for you, there was an actually slightly increased health benefit. That was from the industry-related study. Yet there was something like 600 other studies that were not funded by industry that showed that they were incredibly harmful to you and uh, increased all sorts of cancers and brain tumors and all sorts of stuff. But that stuff was not accepted and buried and ridiculed. And this is how industry works, is that if you come out with anything that doesn't suit their agenda, they just have a professional army of trolls and a hit squad that'll just come out and after you and do anything to discredit you. And there's people there that'll just say or do anything as long as the price is right just like Andrew Wakefield got ridiculed and because this guy was pro-vaccine, but he says there may be a link to autism, and they just went totally berserk and shredded him, only to realize that many years later he was completely right. But the thing is, is these industries are very, very aggressive, and anything that ever gets in the way of their profits, anybody, just like the guy David Nooks, 
who was using GC math that was given an incredible rate, I think a 70 or 80% success rate in healing people from cancer. And so they put him in jail because he was selling something without a license. Now they weren't going, well, that's incredible. You have a 70 or 80% success rate. Let's really do research on this and let's promote it. No, the medical health regulatory authority went after him, wanted him to get, I think it was something like a 25 year sentence. And the end he got like a, maybe a year or something and he had to get tagged, but then he was uh, extradited to France and they then, I think he's in prison in France as well, but the system is completely rotten to the core. Mm. And just another small movie, if you want to watch something, there's a guy called Stanislav Berzinski. He's he's living in Canada, isn't he? He lives in Texas, Texas, unless he's moved to Canada, but he was in Texas and the Texas medical board come after him. And uh, I think he was up in front of three grand juries trying to take his medical license off him because he developed a treatment called anti-neoplastons that was helping people with serious cancers with no side effects if it didn't work. And uh, they basically uh, went on a witch hunt because this guy was basically uh, having an incredibly effective solution and the cancer industry didn't want it because it is the most uh, criminal-infested uh, industry in the world, the pharmaceutical industry, and especially the cancer industry. No, and to be honest, I, I've got a few different episodes with that. I've got a few people that have mm-hmm. different cures, or, and I know it's not, it's mm-hmm. the type of thing that they'll try to shut you down, but people need to hear it. They need to mm-hmm. hear there are cures out there, and mm-hmm. the, the big boys are shutting it down. Yeah, and then in the States as well, there's uh, 50 different holistic doctors that have uh, been murdered or allegedly committed suicide. One of them actually committed suicide by shooting himself twice in the back of the head. (laughs) You know, and it's like, it's just insane, but that's the world we live in. But there's a massive shift in consciousness. People are hungry for change. There are a lot of people that are filled with fear. They're trying to delete stuff on Facebook, social media, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all those things. But you know what? It's awakening people. And yes, there's a lot of censorship, but there's a lot of people that realize there's something wrong. They're starting to ask questions. They see things are not adding up. And it's just creating such a momentum and such a movement that, you know, it seems like we're, our progress is very slow, but we are making a massive, massive positive difference. And the conversations I'm having now are just on a completely different level the conversations I was having five years ago, even a year ago, even six months ago. It's like we are really gaining a lot of momentum. And people before who were completely brainwashed by the medical religion are now even starting to question them. No, I totally agree. And to be honest with you, it's why I held off on the book because a lot of people said, you know, wait, you know, and I was afraid, but I have seen people have woke up as well. So Justin, I want this to be a positive, but you have given incredible information and there's a load of resources that you've given as well. How, so the different things that they need to do, obviously get sun out there, stop using these deodorants, uh, do the sauna. What, what other things can we do to? So the basic, so I suppose four or five principles of health that you really have to do is make sure you drink high quality water every day. You want to exercise at least 30 minutes a day if you can, at least three, four, five. I try to do it seven days a week. You want to get the toxins out of your body, uh, clean your liver, do saunas or whatever it is, walk barefoot. You want to eat the best quality nutrition on the planet, lots of good quality superfoods. And when I'm talking about superfoods, just to be specific, things like maca powder, chia seeds, uh, things like goji berries, bee pollen, spirulina, MSM, 
chlorella, all these different ones that are really nutritious and totally off the scale in, in uh, quality. Uh, and the most important thing of us all, of all is to get into a good place emotionally, meditate every day, spend time with positive people, listen to positive things, focus on what you do want out of life, not what you don't want. I'll give you a short example. Most people, have this, if I ask them, what do you want out of life? They'll say, I don't want to be stressed. I don't want to be overweight. And uh, I don't want to have to work every day. Instead of saying, I want incredible health and vitality. I want an abundance of energy from when I get up in the morning to when I go to bed at life at night. And, you know, I want to have uh, an, an amazing relationship so that I feel totally connected to the people around me. So state what you want in positive terms rather than what you don't want because we are so conditioned to focus on what we don't want and what we consistently focus on becomes our reality. So be very conscious about the language that you're using to describe to people what you want out of life. No, exactly. And your book, because people, I, I believe that they need to read it because, I mean, they know that the, the amount of value that you're giving is called Thriving in a Toxic World, yeah? And we're- yes, so the thing is, I mean, it is available on Amazon or it is available on my website, thrivinginatoxicworld.com. But as a gift, as I was saying earlier, Roy, if your viewers uh, would like to download the book for free, they can go to my website and if they put in the the special code OZ2020 OZ and they put that in, they'll be able to download that book for free. That's incredible. That's incredible. And, and to me, yeah. you know, a lot of people will download books and they won't read it or they'll look through it. Do you know what? There's eight chapters in it. Go and look, flick through the chapters, pick at least one chapter that resonates with you and read it. And it doesn't matter what order you read it in. Some books, it matters what order you read it in. It wouldn't matter what order you read it in. But at least read the introduction. And if you don't even want to read the introduction, at least read the back page. It'll just give you an insight into where I'm coming from. And the thing is, we can all absolutely thrive in this toxic world, but it does take small, consistent steps made in a positive direction. And if we do that, it's the small things done consistently that will really make a massive difference. One of the things that I see is people go to the gym after Christmas. They work out really hard for two or three days. They get a lot of pain, muscle pain, because they're not used to doing it. And then they go, that's too hard, and they won't come back. And so when you go there, it's full of the New Year's resolutioners. And you know, they're there for a few days or a week. Usually by two weeks, they're all gone. But the thing is, if they went in and did 10 minutes instead of 30 minutes every single day, they would condition themselves for success. And it's doing small things consistently that how you're going to win this game and to have amazing health. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Listen, Justin, it's been wonderful. And I really appreciate you giving the listeners the book. So thank you that's very great. much. And thanks for having us. Take care, Roy. Thank you. So that's all from and, uh, the Awakening Podcast. You can find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. And I'll also have the description now how you can contact Justin on the, in the description. So until next week, take care. There's a time.